It's Fire Away Friday. Fire Away Friday. On Exploring the Word, this is your chance to ask us your Bible question at 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. You can also email your question at word at AFR.net or visit Facebook.com slash Exploring the Word. Exploring the Word. It's Fire Away Friday on American Family Radio. You know, this week, Bert Harper and I have been in the book of Jonah, and we're going to be today, obviously, at Fire Away Friday, and we'll take your questions all hour, and it's 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. But some of the lessons we're gleaning from the book of Jonah, for one thing, and uh, no pun intended here, but no man can sink so low as to be beyond God's forgiveness. And uh, Jonah had sunk pretty low to the bottom of the sea in the belly of a whale, but God forgave him and God used him. Another lesson we might uh, derive from the book of Jonah is that no, no price is worth getting out of the will of God or the presence of God. And so Jonah went down into a ship. He wound up in the belly of a fish, but out of his backsliddenness, he cried to God and God forgave him and God still used him. And Bert, don't you think uh, those things are encouraging for all of us, aren't they? They are. And Alex, I would say that, you know, when we think of those things, uh, we may not be as far off as Jonah, but I, you know, I know the steps of a godly man are ordered of the Lord, but ever so often we get out of step. The Bible talks about in Amos, can two walk together unless they be agreed? And uh, I know in my life, uh, I've I've jumped ahead of God. I thought I knew what I was go- doing and got ahead of him. I've been behind him. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to walk with him, and I know that's our desire. But when you read Jonah, it does give you hope, but it also gives you warning. You know, that, isn't that a neat? Isn't that what good preaching is, yeah. too? Uh, the hope that we have in Christ, but also the warning of, of, of not, you know, distracting away from God. So we're praying that's our prayer for our listeners today that they would walk with God and be in church in right relationship with him. So Alex, uh, from the book of Jonah, by the way, we'll finish it up on Monday. Looking forward yeah. to that as well. And aren't you glad for that verse? It says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. And friend, you might be listening to the show today, and we want to tell you, number one, the Lord loves you. He really, really does. Maybe you feel like you uh, kind of missed your assignment or whatever, but I want to tell you, if you'll turn to Christ, the, the Word of God will come to you again, and the call of God and the presence of the Lord. And just like God forgave Jonah and used him, God will forgive and restore and use you. Hey, that number is 888 and it would be our privilege today to hear from you and take your Bible questions. Well, Alex, we got people already calling in. Some are already oh. ready with their question. So let's okay. go, and let's go to Iowa. And at Iowa, we're going to talk to Brad. Brad, welcome to Exploring the Word. Yeah, thank you. It's so great to talk with you guys. I've only been listening with you guys for about six months, but I just love listening to it and look forward to listening every day, and I've been learning so much. Well, thank you, Brad. Amen. We love to be with you, brother. (laughs) (laughs) I have lots of questions for you, but I'll narrow it down to one for today. My church recently got some new hymnals. They have not been put in the pews yet, but I found out that there's a handful of songs in there that refer to God as a woman. 
And to me, that just seems wrong and a blasphemy. And I was just wondering what your thoughts are on that. I mean, from the research I've done, even looking at all the original Greek and Hebrew, God was always referred to as a man. He, it is masculine, no matter which way you go. Uh, Brad, I hope they keep those hymnals stacked up and not spread out. That's my op- real quick opinion. Alex, what about you? Well, well, sir, thanks for listening, and we count it a, a real honor that you would solicit our opinion on some things like this. Uh, let me say, whenever I hear things about uh, churches or denominations or publishing houses, they want to um, emphasize the feminine side of God or that God is a woman. I get really nervous, and I'll tell you why. For one thing, it's not scriptural. I mean, it just isn't. And that's enough, uh, isn't it, Alex? Exactly. That's, exactly. But, but there's other reasons. But anyway, I wanted to that, that well, if it's not scriptural, man, that exactly. It. Throughout the Word of God, um, we read that God the Father sent the Son, and the Holy Spirit is the third member of the Trinity. Now, I know the the people that want to make God a woman, they'll quickly say, "Well, Jesus said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often would I've gathered you to myself?" as a mother hen gathers her chicks. I mean, that, that is maybe even the, the only one time that something feminine would be um, used in the same vernacular as we're as talking about God. But you have to understand, Jesus is using what's called a simile or a comparison. You know, like a mother hen gathers her chicks, that's how God says he would like to have gathered Jerusalem close to himself but from that, there's no way that you could get a different—there's no way you could legitimately get a different uh, way of understanding how God has revealed himself. But l- let me say this, folks. One of the philosophies that has come along in the, the latter half of the 20th century and to our very time is called egalitarianism. Now, egalitarianism is from a Latin word for equal, and it's really the insistence— and the forcing of everything has to be equal. Um, and n- part of transgenderism now is this militant enforcement of egalitarianism, that male and female uh, are not different categories of, of life. And so, Bert, l- let me just say this to the hymnals that say God is a woman, um, that, that's false teaching. And... I've got to ask a question. I mean, do do we really believe 4,000 years of Judaism and 2,000 years plus of Christianity, All 6,000 years they had it wrong on God's revelation, and now just in the progressive, liberal, socialist, relativistic last 20 years, we've gotten it right? Because if if the egalitarians are correct and God is a woman— then, then that means 6,000 years of previous understanding of God's revelation of himself was wrong. And I find that hard to believe. I agree with you. And let, just let me say, I, I want to be real practical about those hymnals. Uh, even if the church chose not to sing those particular hymns that refers to God as a woman, they're still there. It's ready for people to th- thumb through and look at them and see it and know that's referring to that. It is confusing. It sounds like transgenderism, honestly, with God, and it is not 
And so, Brad, keep listening, and I pray that your church would have uh, some discretion and some courage there. I will. Thank you again. Let's go to Kansas and talk to Blake. Blake, welcome to Exploring the Word. Howdy. How y'all doing? Doing well, brother. It's good to have you. Uh, so my question is based on, like, uh, marriage. Uh, me and my wife have been married for about about a year. We're fairly young, and uh, we grew up in two totally different doctrines. Uh, she grew up apostolic, Pentecost, and I grew up Baptist. I'm just wondering how I can stay true to my doctrine but uh, still respect her ways. Okay. Well, Blake, those are things. Let, uh, I'm not correcting you, but I would share this. With those who are listening and they're not married yet, if you could get those things reconciled before marriage, it would be wise. Trying to reconcile them after marriage, it be, it even brings more difficulty. But Blake, uh, one of you, uh, you can't stay in both. Uh, I think God wants you to worship together, and sometimes you need to look at each other's doctrine and major on the things that really, really matter, not on some things that... If it doesn't matter in heaven, don't make it a big deal down here. Alex, help Blake out, would you? Well, that that's a great statement, Bert. If it's not going to matter in heaven, it shouldn't matter down here. And uh, God bless you. Let, let me encourage you. The two most important relationships in anyone's life, the relationship with Jesus and then your relationship with your spouse. And I, and I will say this, as I, uh, you know, Angie and I have been married now 30 years, and i uh, the blessing of God, the favor of God will be with you when you honor your wife and you choose every day to serve her. And, you know, obviously Bible doctrine is important. I mean, part of what we do on the program every day, Bert and I do our best to teach true doctrine. But, um, you know, don't, don't let, I heard you saying the question, my doctrine, quote unquote. And I know because I was saved through a Baptist church. Um, let me say that the the Holy Spirit's work in both of your, your lives will unite you and draw you together. I want to encourage you to have daily devotions together and um, pray for unity in your marriage. Commit to serving your wife, laying down your life for your bride as Christ did for the church. And I think perhaps any doctrinal differences will be minimal as you just grow closer to each other and closer to the Lord. I agree. Blake, uh, we'll pray for you, and that marriage is important, and uh, I think God will guide you. Thank you for calling, uh, Blake. Let's go to Mississippi, and no, i tell you what, we're going to go to Louisiana and talk to Kim. Kim, welcome to Exploring the Word. Thank you. Go right ahead. You're on. Yeah. Okay, my question for y'all is, my husband and I know for certain that we were called about six months ago to to help my nephew, who lost his mother and who was just really struggling with drug addiction. Um, we've done so much since then, and, and even, you know, putting our own children at risk at times because he was living with us, and so uh, just different different issues that had come up with that. And now we are trying to decipher how to let go, how to step out of this situation, knowing that he's going to be homeless, knowing that he doesn't have the help that he needs, but at the same time, just not feeling the calling anymore. Is that is that our own heart being, you know, embittered towards this situation, or are we 
because we both have so much guilt over letting go and know that we were called in the beginning, but it's just been such a struggle since then. And I'm like, how do you know scripturally when to let go? Well, Kim, let me ask one question before you go or anything. Do you feel like with you helping him right now, you're enabling him to keep on living a uh, destructive lifestyle? We feel like that it got to that point, yes. And so we had we gave him an ultimatum that he could get help or that he would have to move out, and he chose to move out. Ended up the courts ordered the help, so he's just getting out today of rehab, and he, he came to our house wanting to come back, and we're just okay. I can't hardly breathe thinking about it. So just, okay, Kim. I, 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 I is I he a minor? Yeah. How old is he, Kim? He's 21. Okay. Oh, so he's not a minor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I want to say sometimes you have to exercise what Dr. Dobson used to call tough love. And, you know, uh, oftentimes when people don't realize the, the cost and the sacrifice, when people help them like you all have done, um, if he lapses back into those destructive behaviors and addictions, it doesn't sound like he really grasps what a privilege it's been that he's getting help. Um, Bert, I mean, every situation's different, but I think sometimes um, we, we have to let people hit bottom before they realize how serious it is what they're doing. Kim, there should be a halfway house somewhere. I know here in our area, there's several. Check out and see. Find a ministry, and they'll let them stay there, and they can work and work through this. And, uh, and that way you're helping him and you're not putting your family at risk. Hey, we're going to be back in just a moment. We're going to have phone calls. Again, we've got a line open, 888-589-8840. This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Herschel Walker, Chair of the President's Council on Fitness, Sports, and Nutrition. He works to increase sports participation among youth and to promote healthy and active lifestyles for all Americans. 1 Corinthians 6 verses 19 and 20 reminds us of the importance of fitness. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Right now with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Herschel Walker as he promotes fitness in this country. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is the service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. The church needs men every bit as much as men need the church. Dr. Tony Evans talks about how to draw the two together as we spend two minutes with Tony. Men function best when they're facing a challenge, and often church is soft and feminine-like creating an environment where men are challenged to rise to the occasion, it engages men more. And so that's what we've been focusing on at the church and trying to translate to other churches as well. Number one, I don't believe that men and women fully understand their biblical roles and that worldliness has reduced our understanding of what those roles should be. Then we're living in a day of the redefinition of the family. 
Then we're living in a day of media undermining the family, making a joke of the family. Then we're living in a day of legislation that is uh, uh, working against the family. So, And we've allowed the world to seep into the church to uh, redefine, undermine, uh, and diminish God's reason for creating family in the first place. Well, we made a big initiative when I wrote the book, Kingdom Man, Every Man's Destiny, Every Woman's Dream, and developed the Bible study that goes with that, because that launched a big emphasis of men in our church so that we could um, uh, target men. So now we've built uh, small groups for men, special um, free at last groups for men who are struggling with particular issues that are keeping them from being the men they were created to be. Uh, we have regular teaching from the pulpit that challenges men. Learn how the same thing can happen in your church and in your life. Get a copy of Dr. Evans' best-selling book, Kingdom Man. It's available at TonyEvans.org, along with study guides, leader's guides, and everything you need to promote God's view of manhood in your home or church. Again, that's TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time as we spend two minutes with Tony. A humanitarian crisis. Hello, I'm Walker Wildman, host of Exposing Washington. This weekend, we'll talk about how the Biden administration has fostered and created a humanitarian crisis on our southern border. Tune in Saturday at 2.30 p.m. Central on American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. What will I say when I'm held to the flame like I am right now? I know you're able and I know you can Save through the fire with your mighty hand But even if you don't My hope is you alone Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Bertie and Alex with you. We're taking calls today. We call it Fire Away Friday. And, man, we got calls all lined up, ready to go, and we're going to try to answer as many as we can. As, we'll get as, to them all, I Yeah, bet. we will, as rapidly and as efficient as we can. So let's go to Iowa, and in Iowa, we're going to talk to Lisa. Lisa, welcome to Exploring the Word. Hi, thank you so much. I just want to say, first of all, that I just thank God for the wisdom He's given both of you and also the humility that you have. It so impresses my heart, and I just ask that He would bless you immeasurably with more wisdom, more humility, and the, the reach of the gospel. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you. You, you are so kind. Well, thank you. So um, I do have a comment about yesterday's program. You had been talking about Jonah and how he didn't want to go to Nineveh. I don't remember exactly what your wording was, but something about him hating the Ninevites. And it made me think about how God had commanded the Israelites not to um, go into other nations and not to mix with them or anything like that, and how he probably had that on his mind, like he's supposed to be separate from them and holy, yet he probably forgot the command um, in Leviticus 19.18 of to love the, you know, to love the neighbor as himself. And um, so anyway, that was just a comment I wanted to make. Well, thank um, you. Thank you, Lisa. And I would say this. I made another comment yesterday. His theology was correct because he said, I knew you were a gracious, loving kindness God. I knew you would do this. 
but his heart was wrong. And, and mm-hmm. concerning the separation, uh, there was that separation, but there was those the opportunity for those that would come to God. And uh, the best example of that is Rahab, Alex. Here was Rahab. She was there in the land that was to be occupied, but she trusted God. She put that scarlet thread out or cord out, rope out, and saved herself and those that were in her living quarters, you know, and it shows God's mercy even in that. And I think, uh, my opinion, Jonah was missing that. I I really did. I think he missed that. Uh, He knew God was that way, but he wanted God to agree with him, didn't he? He did. He did. And I really appreciate the caller calling in. And, you know, it's interesting, um, Nineveh, was a capital city of the Assyrians, and the Assyrians had fought Israel over the years. But, you know, even some of the Greek writers like Aristotle and Herodotus were Greek uh, thinkers and historians, wrote about the evil of Nineveh. So, I mean, even uh, non-Jewish Gentile pagans, you might say, wrote about how um, Nineveh was, quote, the seat of sinfulness. And so it was. It was a, a a bad place, and I don't know. Um, we can't fully know what might have gone on in the mind of Jonah. Maybe here's one of Israel's enemies. You know, let them get their just desserts. He might have thought. Maybe he thought it was so huge because remember, just within the city proper were 175,000 people, and then there was maybe 30 miles in any direction that was kind of the outlying land. Maybe he thought it was beyond the reach of God. But I've got to think about this. What if what if we had to stretch our faith to believe that God could send a revival to New York City or Los Angeles or Chicago? You know, Chicago is a pretty rough town. And, you know, you every time I fly into Dallas, I, I'm amazed at the vast expanse that is Dallas, Fort Worth, and Texas. And maybe it's hard for us to believe that the Holy Spirit of God could move in a place like that. And maybe maybe Jonah just didn't see how God could penetrate Nineveh, although we know God did. Amen. Lisa, thank you. We appreciate you listening. Thank you for uh, praying for us as well. Let's go to Arkansas and talk to John. John, welcome. Well, thank you. How you guys doing? Doing well mm-hmm. today. Doing well. Lord's been good, yes? All the time. All the time. <laughs> every day, every day. Yes. Hey, I've I've got a question that's been bothering me for years. And it, it's this right here, in that the uh I know the speaking in tongues was the least um of the spiritual gifts. And I believe it was used to mass communicate the word at that time. My question is this, is it still being used on the scale that that people try to use it on? Or has it been done away with when he said, when that which is perfect is come, that which is in part will be done away with? John, thank you for that good question. Alex, I don't believe that the spiritual gifts have ceased. Now, there's always been abuse of spiritual gifts. Matter of fact, Paul was writing to the church at Corinth saying, no, you're, you're not using it correctly. 
but you have experienced it similar to the way it was in the book of Acts in, in South America. I love, I, I've heard it, uh, and I repeat your story mm-hmm. about how an individual who did not know the language was given the ability to speak that language. Now, I yeah. want to tell you, when you look at uh, Pentecost and you look at the church at Ephesus and others, uh, it was a language, wasn't it? it? It really was. If you read in Acts chapter 2, you know, there are more than a dozen known languages where, you know, people were hearing the gospel. Now, Bert, different ones have wondered, was the hearing in the the voice of the one speaking the gospel, or was the hearing in the ear of the listener hearing the gospel? So um, there's a couple of things to talk about here. One is the gospel being shared so people could understand it uh, by someone who didn't know the language. Bert referenced the fact that it happened when we were on a mission trip in uh, Peru, and a man was able to speak. There was just this very abstract dialect. He couldn't speak Spanish or English, and yet for more than an hour, this man translated for me. We literally saw a soccer team accept Christ, and uh, they had a bottle of, of liquor, and I challenged them to, if they were serious about Jesus, pour this. It was like a half-gallon, big old bottle of liquor to pour it out on the ground, and they did. It was amazing. One other thing, I haven't told this story too much, Bert, but I had a professor at Liberty years ago. His name was Dr. Ken Chapman. He was with the Lord, and he was a lifelong independent Baptist. He was a dear Christian man, uh, but he was very, very, very conservative. He would often tell the story, Bert, of when he was pastoring, like in maybe it was the the 50s or 60s, but he was in San Diego, California, and a lady came into the church one day, and she was Chinese, and she could not speak English. And of all things, they later learned she had a rather obscure dialect that was a form of Cantonese, but uh, a Marine came to the altar. This woman was weeping and began to talk to this lady, led her to Christ. Very tearfully, she accepted Christ, and several people thought, well, you know, he's been around the world, and the Marines, I guess, who knew? Didn't know that guy knew Chinese. Well, he didn't know Chinese. And Dr. Chapman, who I want to tell you, he was he was a Baptist to the bone, <laughs> but he talked about how he believed he had seen a miracle of tongues whereby this particular soldier led a Chinese lady to Christ. Um, now, Ephesians 6.18, and you chime in, Bert, anytime you want to, but Ephesians 6.18 has a phrase in it, about praying in the Spirit at all times, with all kinds of prayers and requests. Now, a lot of people talk about praying in the Spirit as in a prayer language, praying in tongues. Um, I will say that equally godly people disagree on this. And my position, and Bert, you feel free to disagree if you want to. I'm only speaking for myself, but I really think that our understanding of the Holy Spirit is not something that we should divide over. Because we, we all agree, Pentecostals, non-Pentecostals, you know, uh, Charismatics, Baptist, uh, there, there's a group called cessationalists, as in certain of the gifts have ceased. Um, but regardless of where you land on that, look, we all agree the Holy Spirit is the third member of the Trinity. We all agree the Holy Spirit draws us to Christ, convicts us of our sin, regenerates 
our lost soul, indwells us, seals us, guides us, empowers us. And so, given the situation of the world, I, I honestly don't think that um, well-intentioned, godly attempts to grasp the work of the Holy Spirit and good people have different ideas about praying in tongues or not. I just don't think it's something to burn a bridge over, uh, Bert. What, what I agree you with you fully. Matter of fact, the first caller we got was talking about a Pentecostal and a Baptist and them trying to reconcile. And my comment was, uh, listen, agree on the things you agree on. And if it doesn't matter in heaven, don't make it a big deal down here. And on the, on the issue of the tongues, I, I just want to tell you, uh, if, if you're living a godly life, and, and I do not agree that salvation, uh, and it must be followed by speaking in tongues. Now, there is that group right, right. that Nor believe I. that salvation, and you're only saved if it's accompanied and followed by tongues. That's not biblical. Just let me say, I, and I know I'm probably yeah, offending true. some listeners, but that is nowhere in the scriptures. But uh, the praying in the spirit and the tongues, if you're praying and seeking God, uh, praise the Lord. Don't make it as big a deal. Don't do it. Don't do it. Thank you so much, John. And we're going to go to Linda from Illinois. Linda, I think you got cut off, but we got you back on. Go ahead, Linda. Okay. I've become aware that um, church camp was message, uh, mentioned at a board meeting, and they would support the kids going. But this is a possibility. It, it hasn't been voted on yet that the church camp w will not let adults come, a possibility they won't let adults come if they're not vaccinated. And uh, the lady that made me aware of this and us with our granddaughter, they don't go to church camp without us going with them, and we have not been vaccinated. Now, I'm not saying that we never will, but at this point, we are not ready for that, and uh, we will not be going to camp if that's what they do. And now I feel like, do they even want us in that church if we're not vaccinated? Okay, well, Linda, don't go by that feeling. Uh, make it sure. Be able to share your thoughts calmly in love and, and state your position concerning that. I understand that. Uh, don't don't jump out too quick. Don't jump the boat too quick. Don't assume assumptions have gotten more churches into trouble than anything else. And now, Linda, that's just something that I've, for 40 years of pastoring and, and looking on even more than that, don't let assumptions. Find out the truth and then make your statement, but make it calmly. Do it in a way that uh, is winsome and say, yes, uh, we, we think you're wrong to say that vaccinations are, are demanded, but if, if, if you do that, then we will we'll do what we got to do. Alex, could you help Linda? Well, um, God bless you. It, this is one of the realities of the modern world, isn't it? These hard ethical questions. I'm going to encourage people to really study and really learn for themselves. Uh, you know, Bert, I've been doing research on this for the last several months, and I've, I've interviewed a couple of doctors, and there's, there's equally good arguments on both sides of the, the issue. It seems like some have arguments against receiving the COVID vaccine. Uh, there are some fairly compelling arguments in favor of it. And uh, without 
you know, I, I don't think in the context of this question we can really do it justice. Maybe you and I can do a show and I can share a little bit of what I've been researching, but um, I, I do believe in obeying the rules, and even rules that I don't necessarily like. And if that's the rule, you'll have to, um, with the help of the Lord, make your decision in, in light of that rule. Yeah. Um, but I'm with Bert. Um, don't don't get angry or or hold malice in your heart. There are a lot of people right now that are trying to navigate just this crazy world we find ourselves in. And while, um, you know, I, I'm i nervous a little bit about the fact they might say that you can't fly on airplanes unless you've had the COVID vaccine. And I don't know yet. But let me say this. Within the church, I think a lot of people are trying to make the best decision they make, they can, given the available data. So if that is the the uh, criteria, and you don't feel comfortable meeting it right now, fair enough. Um, don't don't hold malice, because I, I would assume they're just trying to make the best decision they can make, given the available knowledge at this time. And might be something their insurance policy mandates, we, we just don't know. Exactly. We're dealing in the unknown concerning this virus and the shot. Uh, the way I always heard vaccinations were that was good for a lifetime, like the polio vaccination. And from what yeah. I hear about the COVID, it's a shot that you have to get every so often. So uh, it's it's a lot of wording out there. Uh, Linda, we got 20 seconds, and I'm praying for you. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray for Linda. I pray for her to have your wisdom, to have your courage, but also your love. Let her speak clearly. Let her uh, be uh, heard. And, Father, give those in authority the right uh, attitude toward this, Father. And I pray for wisdom in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to be back with more of your questions right after this break. Thank you for listening to Exploring the Word. The American Family Association's mission is to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. Our goal is to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Here's another of our core values. AFA upholds the truth that all human beings, including the unborn, are created in the image of God and are worthy of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Thank you for standing with us, and we thank you for your support. On the next Encouragement Live, Dr. Michael Smalley. Where a lot of husbands and wives in particular get into trouble is we look at each other's differences and where we're kind of naturally gifted and we're different, that it's wrong. So how a man relates is bad or how a woman relates is bad. Dr. Michael Smalley discusses communication and conflict on Encouragement Live, Saturday at 7.05 p.m. Central, here on American Family Radio. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. James 1.22 My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. This scripture underscores the harrowing reality that permeates the life of many who profess to be Christians. The blessing of being a Christ follower comes not only from hearing God's word, but obeying it. James continues, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. 
but the one who looks into the perfect law of liberty and perseveres, being not a hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. He will be blessed in his doing. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with today's Moving Forward Minute. Paul says in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I've got some work gloves in my garage. At first, they were stiff and uncomfortable. See, these gloves were not yet surrendered to my hands. But as I've worked with them, over time, they've become supple and conform to the contours of my hand. In the same way, Jesus wants to wear you like a glove filling you with his purpose and himself so that he can do his work through you. Surrendering to him may feel uncomfortable at times. Your heart may be stiff at first, but eventually you'll become more supple and he'll empower you to become everything that he has made you to be. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 830 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. Welcome back. You're listening to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. I'm finding myself in the midst of you, beyond the music, beyond the noise. All that I need is to be. In Jonah 2.6, he said, He sank down to the foundations of the mountains below the earth. It says this, But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from out of the pit. What a great word that is from Jonah 2.6. We'll pick up on Jonah again on Monday. But right now it's Fireway Friday. The number is 888-589-8840. Alex and Bert. Hey, one thing I want to tell you, AFR.net, as in AmericanFamilyRadio.net, that's the website where you can find out the stations in your area. There are archive shows, all the great programming on AFR, including Exploring the Word. And so let me encourage you, download the shows. We lo- we It blesses our heart when those podcast numbers are up and downloads, and you might hear a, a, a nugget of, of truth and wisdom that you want to forward to somebody. So check out all the great archived content on AFR.net. Go to those podcasts and click Exploring the Word. Hey, let's go to Arkansas and talk to Douglas. Douglas, welcome. Well, good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you all doing today? Really, really well, brother. How about you? Good. Loving it. Loving it. Amen. I have a comment for the for the woman that, uh, that called in earlier, and I just caught the tail end of her conversation, but she was having trouble with a, uh, a grown child. Yeah, a grown yes. nephew. Yeah. Yes, that's true. Okay, uh, get this information to her somehow. <clears throat> Maybe she's listening still, but uh, uh, the uh, the organization uh, Teen Challenge Amen. is a good organization that can help her out most likely. Amen. And and Teen Challenge, what I understand, and I agree with you fully, Douglas, thank you. I wish I'd have thought about it. I said in our area we have some of those er- things, and I didn't uh, – 
name some specifically, but Teen Challenge is wonderful. They, we here on AFR, we have, uh, we're, they're partners with us. They promote what they're doing. It's for Teen Challenge and adults. So don't let the Teen Challenge thank you. It's just started for, ch- uh, for youth. Uh, it started that way, but they've expanded it. And yeah. Kim, if you're listening, check out Teen Challenge. They usually have a follow-up program. And from what I understood, Kim needed that follow-up program. He had gotten she he had gotten some help, and but he needed more help. It sounds like, don't you agree, Alex? I agree. And Teen Challenge is wonderful. It's been my privilege to speak at some of their chapters, and I've referred many people to them over the years. And they have a wonderfully good success rate of people never uh, engaging in substance abuse again, and they are thoroughly Christian. So we hardly recommend Teen Challenge. And, we're and too can, well, let me just say this about Teen Challenge, too, Alex. It, it, read about their history and Nikki Cruz and get on that. And uh, just the and testimony. Yeah. the and, and there's an old movie, The Cross and the Switchblade. Did you ever see that one, Alex? I did. That was a great movie. And, you know, I've got a dear friend in the Richmond area. He's probably listening right now. And he was he knew David Wilkerson when Teen Challenge was started, and it is a great ministry presently, but it also has a very rich history of what God was doing in the middle to latter 20th century. Amen. Thank you, Douglas. Let's go to Mississippi and talk to Stephen. Stephen, welcome. Stephen, are you there? Yes, I'm here. I had yep. a hard time getting unmuted. Uh, <laughs> That's okay. Hey, you ought to see me trying to do that sometimes. <laughs> Go ahead, brother. Yeah. Uh, first of all, thank you all for your ministry. Uh, I love listening to you all. Um, and again, regarding the lady that was helping the 21-year-old, uh, if I heard her correctly, she said he did not willingly take the uh, drug program. It had to be forced upon him. I think you're so right. Yeah. To, to, to help her mindset, you know, we still encourage her to do what she can, but as far as not letting him back into her home, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't Jesus tell the disciples when he sent them out if they were welcomed to dwell with them, but if they were not accepted or not welcomed, knock the dirt off their sandals and move on? Yeah. She can't keep putting herself and her family at risk trying to help this young man who's not willing to help himself and accept her help. Amen. Uh, well said. Alex, isn't it great? I, I just feel like we need to pray for her. I know we yeah. prayed uh, for for someone about their situation, and I feel led to pray. And, Kim, if you're listening, you're getting prayed for. If not, God hears our prayers, and we want everybody to join us and pray for Kim, for strength, for courage, and, and to find that place where that nephew can go. Alex, would you mind leading us in this prayer, brother? Absolutely. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we lift up the situation with this nephew that needs to surrender his life to you. And so many young people are caught up in drugs and alcohol and uh, deviant behavior, destructive behavior. And very often family members, they want to help. And then they find themselves uh, not merely helping, but almost enabling. And so give them wisdom and give them not only the courage to engage in tough love, but, you know, when people have an ultimatum from the court or when they really they need to do the right thing uh it's wrong that people would take advantage of the generosity and the goodness of relatives and friends so lord i pray for a holy spirit movement 
of of responsibility and accountability and submission and and people willing to say look uh, God's giving me a second chance. I'm going to get clean. I'm going to stay clean. I'll find a job. I'll get an education. And Lord Jesus, I, I just pray in the name of Jesus that Satan's Satan's power to destroy lives would be broken, and that people would would stand up and work hard and do right. And sometimes when these families have to make the hard decisions, give them the courage and the wisdom to do it. Father, it's that balance. Uh, there, there's, there's law and there's grace. And Lord, we need your Holy Spirit to help us understand which, uh, which amounts of each any situation needs. So Lord, we love you. We lift them up to you and we pray for a great resolution in the lives of all these people involved. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Alex. And thank you so much, Stephen. Next, we're going to go to Mississippi and talk to May. May, welcome to Exploring the Word. Hey, Bert, 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 Alex. How are you, sir? Doing well. Hey, Simbiring. Hello, my friend. <laughs> hey, Bert, Alex. How are you? Oh, I'm blessed. Listen, folks, May, in addition to being just a dear Christian brother, he is a great singer, and he's a great worship leader, <laughs> and it is such a privilege to hear from you. How are things in Kosciuszko? Everything is doing good. Uh, our family is doing good. Uh, well, hey, listen, I, I know you've got a, a question yeah. or a comment, but they have the most wonderful children, and Rue is one of your daughters and just the, the most precious little child. So please give everybody a hug for us and, and tell Rue that the pictures she draws for Angie and me are on our refrigerator, and we love you all. Yes, sir. And actually, that's the first question. Uh, probably that's... Uh, question for you to answer why is it when Rue call you will answer but when I call you don't answer <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I, I just answer them when they come in brother <laughs> oh. uh, all right sir uh, my question I've been trying to study uh, this thing trying to figure out from Revelation chapter 21 verse 8 uh, on NIV, I think it says, but the cowardly, the unbelieving, but I, I want to focus on the cowardly. But I think on the King James Version, it says the fearful. My question is, uh, who are these people later that are uh, called cowards that Ooh. will not enter wow. the, the new heaven? Good question. Alex, mm -hmm. I, and, and may I want to say this, this happens in a lot of the list of sins. We'll look mm -hmm. at them and we'll say, man, yeah, man, yeah, man, yeah. And then one will appear, like cowardly, and we say, okay, because there's one over there about disobedient to parents, and we think, yeah. oh, no, that, how, why is that in there? I think it reveals more about their inward uh, response than, than we think it does, you know? I think it really reveals the the individual inside the heart of the individual. Alex, go ahead. Well, and uh, um, May, I'm glad you asked this question. I don't know that we've ever had this question on Revelation 21.8. I want to talk about it a little bit, um, because some translations will say the fearful and the unbelieving. 
And uh, some translations, like in English, it'll say the cowardly. And Bert, I remember I was trying to lead a man to the Lord. He was on his deathbed with cancer, and we shared the gospel. And every time he would almost pray, he would this. He was a big, big man, but yet he was trembling like a baby in fear. Now, here's the thing: the word in the Greek that's translated fearful or cowardly is a word from which we get a word dilatory. Um, you don't hear that word a lot nowadays, but listen to this, folks. Dilatory means slow to act or, or dread, and it's related to the, our word for procrastination. Now, some people are fearful and cowardly because they're like, well, if I turn my life over to Jesus, what will I have to give up? Or how much is God going to interfere with, my, with how I live? But the word, um, it really, um, delois is really the Greek word, and it, it means dread, and you're, you're slow to act, and you're really putting it off, putting it off, because you're, you're, you're afraid of what's going to happen, even if you make this right decision. It's like the person, and the wife says, you have got to go to the doctor. You've got to go to the doctor. And the, the person knows they should, but they put it off, and then maybe they put it off too late. So, in the list of sins of Revelation 21, uh, fearful, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers. Bert, here's my point. The person that knows they need to deal with God and, think, and, and get, get things right in their soul, but they just dread it and they're fearful of it, they procrastinate, they push it away, many find out that they've pushed it away and there are no more chances and they're in eternity. I really think this is what this is warning against. I would not doubt it at all. And again, it, it shows, like I said, like we see cowardly and, and, the, and the Greek word does reveal that, that it is more than just a, a little fear, you know? Uh, what they say about a hero? A hero is one who overcomes their fear, you know? And, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so fear of, of certain things and going into battle, uh, that's reality. But it does not control you. It sounds like they're controlled by it, Alex. You catch what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. And that reveals that inward part of not coming out, not going through, that they put it off and delay because of that. Well, we, we're not going to take any more calls. Well, matter of fact, one or two dropped and I wanted to take time to do two or three things. And first about uh, May there in Kosciuszko, uh, First yeah. Baptist Church, Kosciuszko, my, one of my dearest friends has just become interim pastor there at First Baptist Church, Kosciuszko, Wayne Wonderful. Marshall. Yeah, Wayne, is, he and I go way, way back, all the way back to Blue Mountain College, uh, freshman there, graduated there, and went to seminary together, pastor and his wife. So First Baptist Kosciuszko, when you're talking about May being from there, I couldn't help but think. And also this Sunday, I'm going to be preaching at Smithville Baptist Church here in northeast Mississippi once again. And it, the worship service starts at 1030. We had a great crowd last week. Look forward to it. Had a lady, she was listening to Exploring the Word, and she didn't know I was going to preach there last week. And she said, oh boy, she even got a little bit of excited and I thought, well, how much more excited would she get if Alex was going to be there as well? <laughs> but uh, so we, uh, Alex. Speaking of that, you uh, you are open to traveling now. They've uh, long yeah. as long as it's open, you're going to go, aren't you? 
Absolutely. And let me say this. Uh, this Sunday, uh, the 11th, uh, in all the Sunday morning services, I'll be at First Baptist Church of Myrtle Beach, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, 830 and 11, uh, First Baptist. And then uh, Tuesday night, I'll be with Child Evangelism Fellowship in Mansfield, Ohio. You Google that, you'll find it. Uh, CEF, great ministry, and I look forward to being in Ohio Tuesday. But one last thing, folks, the Cove, the Billy Graham Training Center, uh, June 25 through 27, I'll be there. I was on the phone with them today. Just a few more slots, but there's room for you. We're going to do the book of Acts, and we're going to look at revival and spiritual awakening from the book of Acts. And I just want to encourage people to sign up. You can go to thecove.org. And uh, it will it will fill up. But Bert, part of what I'm so excited about is we're going to join together with people from all over North America, mostly the U.S., but there's always people from outside the country, and we're going to pray together. Amen. And we're going to study the book of Acts, and we're going to join together and pray for revival. And I believe God's going to work. Amen. Go to the Cove. You'll be blessed by hearing Alex. You'll be blessed by gathering with some more of godly Christians praying for revival, and you'll be blessed by being at the Cove. So you're looking at a triple blessing by going. And and you will meet the man who publishes the AFA Journal. His Amen. Name is Randall, Randall Murphy. Murphy. Yeah, Randall's going to be there. Amen. He is wonderful, and you, you will want to meet him. And by the way, next week's a special week here at AFR. It's share our spring edition, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. When we're in, we'll be still doing Exploring the Word, but during that time, we'll share some verses, but we're going to be sharing the need for those partners of, us, of ours with you to share in the ministry at AFR, Exploring the Word. Alex, we always look forward to share don't we? We do. And folks, please be in prayer. Please be in prayer. People get saved listening to these broadcasts. They get equipped. It is being used by God to help change the country, promote the gospel, And we cannot quit or slow down in our fight for the truth of the gospel that our nation so desperately needs. Thank you for listening to Exploring the Word and AFR. And we pray that you would tell someone about this program and about all the programming. But more than anything, we pray you would tell them about Jesus.